We're back for round two with Coley and Kavanaugh talking about not only the stocks report that happened on Friday, but also uh, some of the other things going on in the world. And David, you and I were talking about something that's going on down in Brazil with soybean processors. They've had some issues and temporarily halted. And it's because the margins got so kicked out of whack that a lot of the companies down there have decided, yeah, (laughs) we're going to shut down for some advanced scheduled maintenance stoppages here. But explain what's going on there. Yeah, the same thing happened in the U.S. with ethanol production. That plummeted this week. But they're saying in Brazil the crush margins are so poor at this point. I think the big problem there is that the Brazilians' crush margins have really affected their crush pace. And I think they want to cool things down a bit. But I tell you, this bean market is so red hot right now, especially since China this week sold 66% of the bean offers from the government stocks. So the demand for beans is strong, but not so much for meal and oil. Because if you watch this week, the products were kind of leading the beans around as you saw the products move, the beans followed. And it seems like we're getting a very tight relationship between the products and the beans, which we didn't see before when soybean oil was going nuts. But now the products are having a greater effect on the beans. No surprise. Yeah. Now, one of the things, John, I wanted to uh, you guys to reflect on, and maybe uh, you can go first on this one, but, uh, you know, things have been slowing down significantly in China in terms of soy import demand. And now, you know, we got these issues going on down in South America. Soybean production actually on the on the rise in Argentina, mainly because they've had this drought situation going on. So they're planting more soybeans and less corn, which we'll probably see the results of next year sometime. But I just a little bit concerned here with China and the fact that their import demand for soybeans is down. Reflect on that whole dynamic for us. Well, the economy has slowed down. Also, they have shutdowns because of COVID. That continues to be a problem in China. You know, COVID breaks out. Nobody can leave their homes. They shut everything down. Well, you can't exactly go out there and boost the economy when you're not going anywhere. And David just mentioned that they sold off a chunk of the reserves in this past week. So that's caused a temporary decline in soybean demand. And I would like to say I still think it's temporary. I think it's going to bounce back next year. So I don't see the soybean situation being bearish by any means. Short-term bearish, maybe, but long-term, no, I don't think there's anything to be concerned about there at all. But just curious as to whether or not that can sustain $14 beans. Let's focus on the right things here, guys. The focus is on South America, right? It, it, it always does at this time of the year. And as the season goes on at, until uh, uh, March, we will continue to focus on what's going on in South America. And at least in Argentina, planting continues to run late. Their uh, slowest corn planting in 10 years, they're only 5.8% complete and they're 11% behind normal. So that's a little making things a little bit nervous. I'm talking corn, not the soybeans, but that does make things a little bit nervous for the corn. But there's one other thing out there, guys. We've talked about the drought, the dryness in the West and how severe it's been. Well, guess what? The Mississippi River is currently the lowest it's been in 45 years. But what's happened is if that causes barge freight, it can get much stronger, barges caught up on sandbars, et cetera. So the demand for a freight, it always goes up in the fall, but more so this year because now we have a shortage of barges because of the, of the low river. And that's caused the freight to go to uh, extremely high levels. I saw a chart showing that barge freight is as much as a 2,000% of tariff. That's in the stratosphere. That's beyond the stratosphere. That's just extremely strong. 
And what the, what does that mean to the local farmer? Well, if the freight goes up in price, it costs more to get the barges to the Gulf. 60% of all of our exports go through the Gulf, and that backs up the interior basis. It gets cheaper in the interior. So if it stays like this, and it appears that it will, unless we get some heavy rains come through pretty soon here, look for that base at your local elevator processor to be weaker than you might think it should be. <laughs> Once again, you know, just illustrating how everything is interconnected. David, you brought up the point about weather and, you know, this whole weather thing, David, is kind of a good news, bad news scenario. You know, d- dry weather right now for the next 10 days across the grain belt, pretty good news if you're trying to get a combine out and getting it rolling. Bad news, obviously, because of the water flows in the river. But David, this is all kind of connected to that whole La Nina thing. Tell us where that is at the moment. Yeah, I love climatology. I love watching the whole picture. I am humbled. Somebody had this on Twitter yesterday. It really made me think. He said, yes, La Nina is going strong. In fact, over the last four decades, that's 40 years, only three Septembers have had cooler central equatorial Pacific sea surface temperatures. That was 2010, 1999, and 1998. But this will be a key weather driver. But we all know the average outcome of La Nina, but no La Nina's average. You know, I was just thinking about the, the latest hurricane that's been hitting and ravaging Florida. And if you'll notice, that hurricane was totally opposite of the rest. The weather side was the weaker side, and the leeward side was the stronger side of that hurricane. So there's no such thing as average in weather. So what does La Nina mean? It means that, yes, there'll be a tendency, and I want to use that very strongly, for drier weather in South America. And what does it mean here in the U.S.? It makes a cooler and wetter, snowier winter for us, and it makes it very dry out west. But then again, that's a tendency, but it doesn't mean that's exactly what the weather is going to be this winter. So I am humbled, and when I'm wrong, I'm going to admit it. (laughs) Well, again, you're talking about averages, and what's average about something that's never average? Uh, But as you talk about that, obviously, you know, uh, the weather impacts everything. And as John was pointing out about the Mississippi River, And the fact that the Mississippi's critical trade route for U.S. crops and fertilizer. Let's talk about fertilizer for a second, David, because as we watch some of the news unfold this week, Putin claiming Russian sovereignty over occupied areas of eastern Ukraine didn't work out well for him. But there was also some uh, sabotage there of a pipeline. There was no lack of news coming out of the whole Russia-Ukraine thing this week. Boil it down for us. Yeah, that Baltic Sea pipeline explosions occurred nearing there and disrupted the pipeline, and now it's leaking natural gas. Russians are saying it was the Scandinavians and the the Finns that did it, and others are saying, no, the Russians did it to try and halt the uh, natural gas flow to Europe. I mean, that's going to be argued for a long, long time. But the real question is, if that election occurred, and yes, there'll be four districts that could return to Russia from Ukraine, but the problem is, I know, especially in one of the districts in Donbass, You've got only a very small portion of that held by the Ukrainians, but the Russians haven't completely taken it over yet militarily. And then if you look at the Russian situation there, their front lines are collapsing right now in Ukraine. Ukraine will stay strong, I feel. It's got tremendous support from all over the world in Russia. Right now, I think everybody's kind of thumbing their nose at them. Yeah, well, it's not working out well for them. Ukraine's grain exports now down 41.5%. And obviously, out of that part of the world, we get a lot of fertilizer. So that's a watch point for us. Uh, John, I'm a little surprised this week. You're a Florida boy. I didn't know that... uh, 
Apparently, the west coast of Florida, there's actually some production of, uh, what, potash or phosphate? One of the two was unaware of that. Oh, yeah, phosphate. Central Florida, uh, east of Tampa, is a huge phosphate producer. And, of course, uh, the port of Tampa is a huge exporter of phosphates. And uh, I don't know where it stands worldwide. But it's just, if it's not the biggest, it's close to it. It's one of the biggest I saw this week. But mm-hmm. the thing is, how little do we know about our fertilizer? Because we always concentrate on Russia. We've got a huge supply of fertilizer, which is, especially in Michigan. They got a huge supply of potash up there that nobody. That's exactly right. Well, kind of curious this week as we watch that hurricane blow through there, you know, and kind of wondering the extent to which that's going to disrupt some of the fertilizer coming out of that particular area. A lot of things at the moment. <laughs> fertilizer <laughs> will not be excluded from that disruption for sure. David, Hogs and Pigs report this week. Kind of surprising. Hogs and Pigs sharply lower than expected. Yes. And everybody was saying, that's no big deal. That really took me by surprise because as we came out with the year on year, all hogs are 98.6, down six tenths of a percent. Kiffer breeding. Now that Kiffer breeding number has been coming down. And this month it was 99.4, it was only down two tenths of a percent. So we are seeing lesser drop in the kept breeding hogs. So that's why they're saying going forward, it may not be as possibly good a high stock, but kept for market. 98.5, the guess there was 99.1. So I was really surprised at the breakdowns too. When you look at the weight groups on hogs, almost all of them are down. So these kept for breeding numbers have come up a bit, but I'm not seeing it show up in the throwing intentions at this time. Quite a surprise. Yeah. One other point, David, and that is we're hearing there's an expectation that bird flu outbreaks are going to be on the rise as we get here into later into fall and into the winter months. And apparently already what we're seeing is prices rise for Turkey because of it. Yeah, for good reason, because the migrating birds are moving through, going from the north to the south. And again, they're bringing the bird flu. And it's going to be an ongoing problem, especially as these migrating birds fly through and give us the disease. Well, expect that Thanksgiving turkey to be a little bit more expensive. All right, Kavanaugh, step up to the plate. It's your turn for the last word. Hey, there is a new purple tomato. That's right. We got yellow and orange and red. Now we got a purple one. It's been approved by the FDA, and it has a longer shelf life, and it's also high in antioxidants that boost heart health and brain function. It's a healthy purple tomato. It helps my memory. I need it. Yeah, you do need some help in that aspect. It's also been found will extend the life of lab mice with cancer by 30%. It has been approved by FDA, and oh, Guess what? It's a GMO. Oh. <laughs> All right. You guys have uh, just taken it over the edge, so we're going to have to let you go for this week. Colleen Kavanaugh, brought to you by the Allen County Farm Bureau. And on a more serious note, we have several things on the agenda right now. First up, the Waters of the U.S. case is being heard before the Supreme Court on Monday. And the Farm Bureau has been there leading the charge on that one. We've also got hearings on the Farm Bill and midterm elections. And all the politicians right now are asking for money for their campaigns. But I tell you what, if you want to be assured that food is going to continue to get to your table, the group you want to support is the Farm Bureau, making a difference with candidates and issues on the local, the state, and the national level. Bottom line, if you like to eat, you need to support your local Farm Bureau with a membership. Go online to it, paystobeamember.org. Podcasts by Federated Media.